Today we conclude our series called Baggage. The little video intro thing is, is true, isn't it? Some of that baggage we picked up along the way, some of it was handed to us that we didn't really want. But we've all got baggage, emotional baggage, spiritual baggage. We carry pains from previous experiences. We, we carry guilt sorrow and regret one of one of the bags that is the heaviest one of the bags that's the heaviest and one of them that holds us down the most is fear i want us to talk about that this morning we're going to conclude our series by focusing on one of the bags that we carry. I think fear is probably one of the, the heaviest anchors. It's, it's one of the bags that causes the, the greatest obstacle for us in moving forward. And, you know, on the surface, most of us, uh, most of us don't think about our fears very often. We, we're busy, we're running, we're going. To say, I'm good, I'm, I'm not really afraid, I'm all right. But the truth is, there's that bag of fear that kind of hangs on. We're afraid that we might fail. Believe it or not, some of us sometimes are afraid we might succeed. If I succeed, my life changes. What would that feel like? What would that look like? Maybe it's easier to stay kind of where I am. We're afraid somebody will find out our secret. We're afraid what the doctor may have to say. We're afraid of what our loved one might do or say that would hurt us or embarrass us. We all carry a lot of these bags and one of them is fear. One of the reasons that it's so hard for us to deal with that bag of fear is because it affects us in all three tenses, if you will, or all three times. Here's what I mean. We carry... We carry fear of the past. I was hurt back then. Might I be hurt again? Will somebody find out what I did or didn't do back in the past? And it haunts us. We carry fear of right now, of the present. What's going on around me? I have to, I have to always be aware and always be careful and and what if, what if I say something wrong? Will I offend somebody? The great national pastime right now is to be offended. You know? So we have to, we're afraid we might offend somebody constantly. And there's always a fear of the future. What if? I know some people whose life is so filled with that one question that it stops them in their tracks. What if? What if, 
what if this were to happen? And to make sure it doesn't, I can't go that way. What if this goes wrong? To make sure it doesn't, I can't touch it. What, what if? And we live in fear from the past, the present, and even the future. So this morning, I want us to focus on one verse. If you have your copy of scripture with you, or if you like to follow in the app, look with me in 1 John chapter 4 at verse 18. 1 John, now that's not the gospel of John in the, 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 the uh, front of the New Testament. It's the little letter at the back of the New Testament. 1 John chapter 4 at verse 18. There is no fear in love. Now think about that for just a minute before we even go on. What a comfort, what a relief just to hear those words, no fear. There is a place where there's no fear. Where is that place? How do I get there? There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. You know, I'm not sure that hate is the opposite of love. I know that sounds kind of weird. We think of love and hate. We think, we think they're opposites. I, I'm not completely convinced of that. Because if I hate you, that means that I care enough about you to pay attention to what you think. Or to remember what you did. If, if I hate you, that means I acknowledge you. So that can't be the exact opposite of love. But instead, what is the opposite of love? I think it's fear. With love, there is safety, security, confidence. Trust, welcome. With fear, none of that exists. And so John says, there is no fear in love. He goes on to make a, a, a very deep theological statement. Perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. I'm convinced that fear keeps us from experiencing the fullness that God has for our lives. I think that God intends us to experience the abundant life on an everyday, regular experience basis. That's the way life is supposed to be for believers, abundant we're supposed to live in freedom, according to Galatians, freedom that was given to us by Jesus. We're supposed to experience living light, living free. And yet that one thing that holds us back the most, I think, is fear. Look, into, look at the book of, of Numbers in chapter 13. Uh, the people of Israel are ready to enter into the promised land. They're there. They send some spies in to just kind of look around the place and, and get a plan. 
And those spies come back and they say, oh, these people are big. I don't know. This, this is, I don't think we can do this. We would be like a grasshopper among giants. And I, I don't know if you remember when you were a kid where you, you know, you, you play the giant and there's a grasshopper and it never turns out well for the grasshopper, you know. And so here they come back and they say, oh, these are giants and we're grasshoppers and oh, this won't work, this won't work. And because of fear, they did not enter the land promised by God to them. And because they chose not to enter, God said, cool. You don't want to be in a promised land? Go for a walk. Forty years walking through the wilderness. A lot of times people say, why did God make them go through the wilderness first? He didn't. He was ready for them to go into the promised land first. They're the ones who messed up their own destiny because of their fear. You jump, jump over to Matthew chapter 14, and Jesus is walking on the water. And Peter says, man, that looks so cool. I want to do that. Can I play? And Jesus says, come on. Peter walks out onto the water, and he's walking on top of the surface of the water. And then it says that he looked around him. He looked around him and he saw the clouds above and it was dark and he saw the waves beneath and blub, 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 blub. he's gone. Why couldn't Peter walk all the way to Jesus, to his destination? Because of fear. The Israelites didn't get along with the Philistines. You know, the Philistines were not friendly people. And they were constantly battling. And there is this one story that you're very familiar with where the, uh, the Israelites and the Philistines were, were at odds. The Philistines brought out this great big giant to stand against the Israelites. And what did they do? Nothing. Because of fear. They all backed off. Oh, we believe in God, but we can see the giant. And the giant is big. And because of their fear, they did nothing. Had God not called that little runt of a boy, the youngest and smallest in his family, to come and play with his slingshot, Israel never would have defeated the Philistines. Even Adam and Eve go all the way back to Genesis 3. Adam and Eve living in the perfect garden in the perfect place. They are with God every day in a very physical, very visible, very personal way. Walking in the garden with him every day. And then the enemy comes. And the enemy says, has God really told you that you don't get to eat any of this fruit in this beautiful garden? And Eve said, no, 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 that's not what he said at all. We can eat anything we want except from that one tree. And the enemy said, yeah, you know why he doesn't want you to eat from that one tree? Because he knows that it will make you like him. And for the first time in history... 
People experienced the fear of missing out. FOMO. They didn't want to miss out on being like God. And because of fear, they did the one thing they were told not to do. And because they did the one thing they were told not to do, they were expelled from the garden and could no longer experience the full, abundant, free life that God intended. Fear holds us back from that abundant life. A man named Janis Ruse lived in Germany during the days of the Nazi ruler Adolf Hitler. During that time, he was a young shoemaker looking to make his name prominent. Because of the power of the German government, he participated in public supports of the Nazi regime. He was afraid of the Nazis, and so he publicly supported them to stay on their good side. But when the regime fell, he realized that he was in trouble. Because since he had supported them so publicly, now that they're gone, he is seen as one of the bad guys, and he knew that he was in trouble. Out of fear, he fled to his sister's farm in Slovenia to hide. And it was in her barn that he hid for 32 years, without so much as a visit to town or interaction with guests. And then he was discovered. After he was discovered, reporters interviewed him, wondering how someone stayed hidden for so many years. And he told of how he allowed his fear to keep him at home, away from anyone outside his family, for 32 years. You see, so often, we may not, we may not know for sure what it is. We may not give it a name but there's just something holding us back and it's heavy and it drags us down it's fear we're afraid of what happened in the past we're afraid of what's going on around us we're afraid of what might be next so this morning I want to share with you how to let go of fear now I want to be careful as well. And you've heard me say many times that it is valuable and healthy and right to get help when you need help with issues like this. I'm not giving you pop psychology that's going to solve all the problems. I'm going to give you the first three steps. From there, there's a good chance that some of you may need to talk to somebody who can guide you through the rest of the process. All right? But I'm convinced this is where it starts. How to let go of fear. First, we face it. Face it. One of the reasons that fear has the hold on us that it does is because it's hard for us to admit that it's there. We walk around and we carry it with us every day, but we keep it out of sight. We don't, want to, we don't want to deal with it. And so we just kind of pretend it's not there. We ignore it, which actually makes it heavier, by the way, over time. 
And so the, the first thing that we have to do if we're going to get rid of fear is we have to face it. I can't ignore it. I can't deny it. I have to admit I'm not perfect. I'm not always strong. I'm not always right. Well, that one's, I'm pretty close. But we have to admit I've got issues. One of my issues is fear. We have to face it if we're ever going to do anything to get through it. The second thing we have to do to get rid of fear is to call it what it is. Once I know, once I recognize that there is fear in my heart, fear in my life, fear in my way of thinking, I need to sort out where is that fear coming from? I know what it is. I'm afraid that if I write that book, I'm not going to be able to get it published. And even if I get it published, nobody's going to buy it. And I'm going to be a failure. So it's easier just to not write the book than to deal with the fear. My guess is you have other kinds of fears, maybe related to job, maybe related to family. The first thing you have to do is face it. The second thing is call it what it is. Identify it. What are you afraid of? The third step in getting rid of fear, taking care of your fear, is to take action. You say, well, that's kind of vague. Yeah, because none of us are the same. None of us have the same baggage. None of us carry the same fears. But here's the point. You have to do something. You cannot get rid of fear through thought. You've been carrying that bag. You've been afraid for so long. You got to acknowledge it, call it what it is, and then do something. Move towards your fear. Tell somebody that it's holding you and you need help. Do something. Thinking about it doesn't change anything. And then we're able to understand the verse. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out, throws away, gets rid of fear. So when I, when I understand the first three steps, the initial steps that I can take, I'm ready to trust in God's power. That might be that fourth step if we want to say, get the first three steps out of the way and then we're ready to understand the word in, in this verse and depend on the power of God. Why does he love me? Because I know me? I can't answer that question. I don't know why he loves me. But I sure am glad that he has enough grace that he's chosen to love me.
in spite of me before I could love him back. And if I learn to rest in that love, to live in that love, to move forward in that love, then I'm going to notice each day, the closer I get to him, the more love I experience, and the more fear gets cast away, gets thrown away. Perfect love casts out fear. Judy Bloom said, each of us must confront our own fears, must come face to face with them. How we handle our fears will determine where we go with the rest of our lives, to experience adventure or to be limited by the fear of it. Nelson Mandela said, the brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Ralph Waldo Emerson, he who is not every day conquering some fear is, has not learned the secret of life. And we must include the great life coach and theologian Yoda. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. And so we acknowledge it. We call it what it is. We do something. And we depend on the power of God to let his love come in us and through us to dwell in that love so completely, so personally, that each day the love that I understand from him grows and the fear is cast away. Stanley went to a psychiatrist. He said, Doc, I've got, a, I've got trouble. He said, every time I get in bed, I think there's something under it. I get under the bed to, to see what's there and, and I think somebody's on top of it. And so I go up to the top to see What's there? And then I think, well, somebody's under it. So I go under and I spend all night top and under and top and under. You got to help me. The doctor says, just put yourself in my hands for two years. Come to me three times a week and I will cure your fears. Well, how much do you charge? A hundred dollars per visit. I'll think about it, said Stanley. Six months later, the doctor met Stanley out on the street. He said, why didn't you ever come to see me again? Stanley said, for a hundred bucks a visit? A friend of mine cured me for $10. Is that so? How? He told me to cut the legs off the bed. There are some things that we can do. Don't buy the lie that fear is stronger and more powerful than you when you're depending on the power of God. Don't buy the lie that once there is fear, you're a loser. If there is fear in your life, it doesn't mean you're a failure or a loser or broken. It means you're human. So we can do something with the power of God at work in us. He loves us enough 
to walk with us even through the deepest, darkest valley of the shadow of death. Isaiah 41 and 10, God is speaking to his people at a time when they have been terrified. And he says to his people, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Friend, I think that's his message to us today as well. We've been through some terrifying times. And we need to hear our good shepherd, the almighty God, say, don't fear because I'm with you. Don't be dismayed. I'm your God. In other words, he says, I've got this. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll uphold you. Beloved, God is not a mean, overpowering deity who's just waiting for us to mess up. He is indeed a loving father who wants the best for us. Fear is one of those things that keeps us from that best. As soon as Ashley could, could talk, as soon as she understood language and could speak, we started teaching her Bible verses. Now, she couldn't read them, and we usually didn't worry with the address, where to find it right off, but we started repeating every night. That was our routine as we go to bed. We'd go through a list of Bible verses, and she would eventually start to say them back to us. And one of the very first verses she ever learned is one that you really want to have memorized as well. If it's not in your mind and in your heart yet, Here's your challenge this week. Before Friday, have this verse down. It's so easy. Psalm 56, verse 3. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. From the very beginning, Ashley has known that when I'm afraid, I can trust my God. Perfect love casts out fear. This week, when you acknowledge that fear, call it what it is, identify it. And once you have acknowledged it, once you have identified it, do something. Cut the legs off the bed or whatever you have to do, but do something. And then trust in the Lord's power. He loves you enough to cast it away. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you.